Good morning. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. This morning we're going to be searching God's Word and hearing what He has to tell us from verses 1 to 14 in chapter 37. This is the Word of God. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will know, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and saw tendons and flesh appear on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. They came and stood to life, and on their feet they became a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open up your graves and bring you from them. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and bring you from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and I have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Let me uh, ask you a question this morning, starting off. Do you want to hear dry bones rattling? Do you want to see God work and cause bones to come together that are dead? And then hear this rattling, this seismos, this earthquake-type sound. In 23 days... Uh, we here at Eastbridge will send a team of 10 people to Slovakia for two weeks 
to see and hear God cause dry bones to rattle. Almost every day, also, God gives each of us a chance to share Christ with lost people. What's going on here? It's about dry bones rattling in Slovakia and dry bones rattling when our neighbors find salvation in Jesus. This morning, we're looking at Ezekiel 37, but these verses are best understood in light of the prophetic, prophetic promise that God gave in Ezekiel 36. So let's look at Ezekiel 36, verses 22 to 27, which says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which you have profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned it among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all of your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. It's the word of God. Every Tuesday morning here at Eastbridge at 8 a.m., we gather corporately to pray for revival. We've been doing it for years. It's been our desire to hear what only God can cause, dry bones to rattle in the wilderness. Now let's look at Ezekiel 37, this valley of dry bones. First, I want to remind you what the definition of revival is. Revival is an extraordinary work of God's grace through ordinary people, in ordinary places, by ordinary means, with extraordinary consequences for God's glory. Death is brought to life. God brings dead sinners to life. Revival is when God comes to do an extraordinary work to bring them back from death unto life through his extraordinary grace. And when he does it, he uses instruments. He uses ordinary people, like Ezekiel, like Nehemiah, like Peter, like George Whitfield, like Jonathan Edwards, like you, and like me. He does this in ordinary places, using ordinary means, preaching, prayer, worship, to do this extraordinary work of grace for an extraordinary consequence for his own glory. Let's see where Israel is when Ezekiel is called to prophesy to them. 
100 years earlier, Assyria has come and taken the 10 tribes of the, northern, of the north, and they've been under God's judgment, and they've been taken away into captivity. The temple in Jerusalem is destroyed. Everything is gone that was precious to the people. The people are scattered, and they're demoralized. Judah and Benjamin, the southern tribes, have been taken away into Babylon. They're now among the nations, and God used those nations to bring discipline among them. Then in Ezekiel 34, there's a movement where Ezekiel now brings a glorious truth to the people that God is a God of grace. And he's been, this is the same grace and covenant promises that God has been bringing to the people. We just finished studying that in the uh, spring in adult Sunday school here. God's covenant promises. He's now bringing it to a glorious fruition and giving God's people through Ezekiel a picture of the rest of the history of mankind. Ezekiel 36 is quoted throughout the New Testament that a new covenant is coming where God's going to bring his people from all the nations into a new land that is called the kingdom of God. This kingdom will be established among all the nations. In this covenant, there will be a redeemer. This redeemer is going to take their heart and your heart. And he's going to take it out and he's going to give us all new hearts. He'll cut away, as we just read, a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. He'll give them, this Redeemer will, a new record. He'll give, for their sins are going to be nailed to the cross and paid for by this Redeemer. He'll give them his perfect righteousness. He'll give them his spirit that will live within them. He'll give them a new heart, a new record, and a new life, and will put his spirit within them and bring them from death to life. His spirit will cause them to walk in his word. How's God going to do all this? God gives Ezekiel a vision of what the rest of humanity's history will be like until we get to a new heaven and a new earth. That vision is God, com God coming to what is dead and making it alive. It's happening here at Eastbridge, and it's happening in Slovakia. Let's walk through this vision that God gives Ezekiel in chapter 37 in three sections. So the first is from Ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 6. It's important to see that God leads us through the valley as he does with Ezekiel. This valley of dry bones, we're being led there. We see that God does this in a personal way. It's a tour of the dead. He then moves from a tour of this valley to, to, to a tutorial as he asks Ezekiel a rhetorical question. Can these bones live? Our natural answer to that question would be no. That's not Ezekiel's answer. Why? Well, it's Ezekiel's obedience, and Ezekiel knows his Bible. 
In Genesis 2-7, he knows that from the dust of the ground, God made man who was nothing more than a corpse. And then God breathed the breath of life into him, and the man became a living being, Adam, the first Adam. Ezekiel knows the right answer, for if we're dealing with bones, no is the answer. But Ezekiel wasn't dealing with bones, he was dealing with God. You know, O Lord, you know whether these bones can live because you're the giver of life. Then he tells Ezekiel to preach to these bones. What does he preach? Ezekiel is an ordinary man. Through the ordinary means of preaching, he's to preach, hear the word of the Lord. God himself begins to speak to these bones through Ezekiel's preaching. It's not Ezekiel. It's not his preaching. It's God who has designed the preaching and speaks himself. And when he speaks, the dead receive new life. Can I stop here and for a second and tell you why we send a team to Slovakia each summer? It's so God can speak through our team to teenagers who do not know our Savior and desperately need to, so that they may live. After this tour and the tutorial, God gives Ezekiel the task to preach the word. When this is all done, these, be- these bones will know something. The last phrase in Ezekiel 37, 6 says, I am the Lord. The objective is not the bones coming to life. The objective is to bring these bones from death unto life so that they will know that he is the Lord. In this second section from verses 7 to 10, we find Ezekiel in obedience to God, ministering in the valley, in the wilderness. So I prophesied as I was commanded, verse 7 says, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, a seismos, an earthquake sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and beheld, and there were sinews on them, and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. In obedience, Ezekiel prophesied as he was commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a great army. Of the elect. Ezekiel is obedient in the valley, and the first thing he does is he prophesies, he preaches, he teaches to these bones the Word of God. God, who owns the preaching, begins to move upon the bones, and there's this great sound the rattling of bone to bone, then sinew upon sinew, and then flesh on flesh. Then God calls out through Ezekiel to call for the breath, 
to call for the Spirit. Ezekiel calls for the Spirit of God to come with the Word of God to bring not only bone upon bone and flesh upon flesh, where the skeletons not only become bodies, but they become soldiers in a living army, with the, and the breath of life is within them. God's raised up gloriously an exceedingly great army from what he has done, and he's done it in an amazing fashion, striking to hear these bones rattle and then to see the Spirit come upon them. And they rose as a great army. He uses ordinary means of preaching. And he uses ordinary people like Ezekiel that are extraordinarily equipped by the Holy Spirit. Then the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, brings that which is dead, that cannot live in and of itself, and breathes the breath of life into them. Together they become an army of the Lord that's there to do the purposes of the Lord. And they know that the Lord is the Lord. Third section here in our passage this morning in verses 12 to 14 says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you to the, into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from the graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you. And you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. It's as if God is saying to Ezekiel here, what are you learning, Ezekiel? Those people are dead and hopeless. When they see that they are dead and hopeless, they'll come to me and I will come to them. The reason they come to me is because I've already gone to them to show them that they are helpless and hopeless. And I used you, Ezekiel, to preach to them that they were helpless and hopeless. I've already taught you, Ezekiel, that these are very dry bones, and they cannot live, but I can bring them to life. You think that when the bones come and rise up, that this is revival? But no, the revival already started so that they could see their helplessness and their hopelessness and come to me. The revival started when I started with you, Ezekiel, to bring you to them. Then the revival came when I sent my spirit upon you, Ezekiel, to send you to them. And then I came upon them through that preaching, my word and my spirit. Brothers and sisters, there's four lessons for us in this passage. The first one is that revival is God's work, and only God can do it. That's why it's a rattling, an earthquake, an extraordinary work, for only God can bring life and bring life to that which needs to be resuscitated. God led Ezekiel by his spirit and taught him in the valley 
This is my work, Ezekiel, and only I can bring revival. You can't schedule revival. You can't program it. Committee meetings don't bring it. You can preach up a revival. You can preach a revival and you can pray for it. Revival is God's work that comes down to us. God uses preaching and teaching and praying. And people like Ezekiel, people like you, But even in that, it's God who's already come down to raise up ordinary people for that teaching and preaching and for praying. Revival is God working through his people. But he's the only one that originates revival. And then he uses it to accomplish his revival. I have a burden that God will do a gospel awakening in this country. And do it around the world. We pray every Tuesday morning here at Eastbridge for that. I pray it every day. Our only hope in this world is a gospel awakening, not culture change. Historically in this country, God's people have been aware of two revivals, two awakenings to the truth of the gospel. First one in 1735 to 1780, and in 1795 to 1880. And we are praying on Tuesdays that gospel awakening will happen again. It doesn't stop there because it will go throughout the world. I believe that with all my heart. We need to be people of prayer. Our objective in prayer is the power and presence of God Almighty. Our prayer is for Christians in this country to really believe that we need a gospel awakening and that God can do it. He will send it. The answer, again, is his power and his presence in our lives. Second lesson is that God sends and brings revival through his word and through his spirit. He says to Ezekiel and he says to you and me, preach the word and call for the breath, the spirit. Without the spirit, the word will not profit us. But the word always works with the spirit and the spirit with the word together. Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you, Jesus says, are the spirit and life. Lord, come. Bring it. Give us revival. Bring life to dry bones of people that we know and that we pray for. Spirit of God, breathe life into them. We preach and proclaim the word here at Eastbridge. And the Holy Spirit and God the Father, the Trinity at work in our own lives. And we preach that in Slovakia. Why? Romans 10, verses 13 to 17, says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
How then will they call on him in who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without some preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's you and me. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This word and the spirit bring dead sinners to life. Point number three, lesson for us. God does send and he brings revival, not for the experience of revival, but for the purpose, the plan of God. The whole point of revival is that we will know that he is the Lord and we will be the army of the Lord to do his will. The point of revival is not to have a revival, but to get us back where we ought to be with the presence and the power of the Lord. So that in union with Christ, day by day, moment by moment, so the mundane is never mundane anymore. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, very familiar verse to you. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all to the glory of God. Our fourth lesson is that only God can bring revival because only God can bring death from life. Each of us, you and me, is a participant already in Ezekiel 37 because there was a day when you and I were dead in our sins and God called us from the cemetery of sin to everlasting life in Jesus. God causes us to be born again to a living hope and into his plan. We were not sin sick. We were dead. Sin dead. And he brought us, brothers and sisters, from death unto life. Hallelujah. The history of life is of notorious sinners like me, like you, that were saved, coming to life by his work. There was a day when the word of God and the spirit of God came to us when we were dead and we were born again. We were some of those dry bones. And there was an earthquake, a rattling. And the bones came together and God breathed the spirit into us. Remember the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus in John chapter 3, verses 4 to 10. Nicodemus said to, to Christ, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Sounds logical, doesn't it? Here's how Jesus answered him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. The wind, the Spirit of God, blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, 
but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, there is a day coming when Jesus Christ will come again, and his word will be spoken from heaven, and the voice of the archangel and the Spirit of God will come forth, and all of those graves will give up their bodies. And we will be deposited in God's kingdom in a new heaven and a new earth. The dead here in their conversion, in revival and for all of eternity. This is God's work done through God's means of grace for God's purposes, for God's glory. Here's your takeaway. Through God's sovereign grace, he's raising his people from the cemetery of sin to life in Christ by the Spirit of God, with the Word of God. A few decades after Ezekiel 36 occurred, God will raise up an Ezra and a Nehemiah, and they will have a whole day of revival, and Jerusalem will come alive again just as was prophesied. Then hundreds of years later, Peter and 120 people will go up into the upper room and the word of God and the spirit of God is going to come upon them. Then they will stand and preach and 3,000 will be saved. This valley of dry bones has been repeated in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, Peter the apostle, and in church after, after church. And in the life of every single believer that's been brought from death unto life. And it's happening in Slovakia. It's being accomplished because we've been born again in regeneration. And because churches like Eastbridge are bringing the gospel to teenagers there. Many in Slovakia, I can attest, who were once dead have been brought to life through the word and the spirit. Praise God. How privileged we are here at Eastbridge to be a part of God's plan for the salvation of his elect people over in that country. How do I know this? Well, this is why we tell our neighbors and our friends about Jesus. And this is why we go to Slovakia. We pray and we preach and we teach the gospel because we know it's true. And we've seen God work in miraculous ways there also, we've also seen it in our friends and neighbors who we shared God's word with, to see the Spirit come upon them and regenerate them. How do I know that dead sinners are converted from death to life? It's because I have a Savior that makes it a habit of emptying tombs. That Savior brings life from death, and he promises to be with all of those who are his own, forever. I'm reminded in Psalm 23, verse 6, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't you want this for lost people? The reason I know that Christ will do this, it, it's not only in history record that he's brought men and women unto life, from death and revival, but he has emptied tombs. I know he does. He emptied his own tomb. Vainly they seal 
his tomb he lives and brings life to those who are dead and flee to him alone. There's absolute truth in the hymn, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. It says, he brings the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. He speaks, and listening to his voice, new life the dead receive. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, do you want to hear a rattling of bones? The earthquake of grace bringing the tomb to those who have prayed from death unto life. Pray, pray, pray for your friends. Or do you want to come to Jesus who died for you because you hear his voice and you personally desire a new heart? You desire the new life that the dead can receive. Run to Jesus. He will give you life. He will give you a new heart. He will give you a new record and put his spirit within you now and for all of eternity in his very presence. Let's pray. Lord and Savior Jesus, we pray that the lost might hear your voice. And the Spirit of God would hear the prayers of his people who say, God, only you can make bones live. Come and bring us and our friends to life. Raise us up with the armor of God and the weapons of the Spirit. Draw us closer to yourself and set us free that we may know you are the Lord. And we might make you known here and abroad as the God of glory and grace. Give us wisdom, Father, to intentionally enter into fellowship with lost people, and give us the courage and wisdom to intentionally direct those conversations into spiritual ones. For your name's sake, amen.